Hello and welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast. We believe relationship matters from humanity to nature to the larger whole. I'm your host, Katie Churchman. And in this episode, I welcome back Faith Fuller, co-founder of CRR Global and Judy Van Zon, senior faculty member at CRR Global to talk about Orsk and spirituality. Across this conversation, we discuss why Orsk and spirituality What is spiritual intelligence? How can spirituality or spiritual intelligence help us as coaches? What are some of the ways we can access or harness our own spiritual intelligence and that of our clients? What are some of the benefits of spiritual practice, personally and professionally? So I bring you Faith Fuller and Judy Van Zon talking about Orsk and spirituality. Judy, Faith, welcome to the Relationship Matters podcast. I am so excited to have you both on the show today. Well, I'm delighted to be here and I'm delighted to be talking with Judy. Uh, We just discovered in talking, we've been talking about spirituality in Orsk for years. That's correct. Thanks, Katie, for uh, holding this space for all kinds of amazing topics and this is one that is very close to the heart of faith and myself thank Mm. you and i'm so curious about this topic today orsk and spirituality so i guess can we start there why orsk and spirituality why did you pair these two these two things together well when you think uh, you hear the word intelligence uh you know orsk three intelligences emotional social and then a relationship systems intelligence and um, we feel that spiritual intelligence is like the natural next evolution it's like one whole on up from these other intelligences so it's it's like a natural next step if you like Absolutely. And just to uh, clarify what we mean when we say spiritual intelligence, I I think it's important to make a distinction between, say, religion and spirituality. I have the most profound respect for both. But I think that we feel that we are going to be discussing spirituality, which is more in the essence aspect of the mystic in many ways and the divine, rather than the more consensus reality of religion. So people have, there are many, many paths to accessing spirituality and the divine, and not all of them are religion, and some of them are religion. So it'll be very different for different people. And I'm wondering then, what do you mean when you say spirituality or spiritual intelligence? Because I'm sure there are many different definitions or understandings of this. Well, I think when we talked, we were trying to find what's the common theme in any form of spirituality, since my tradition tends to be more Buddhist. And Judy, do you want to mention yours? And, you know... Yeah, yeah. so my my tradition is Vedic. Vedic, uh, Vedic in, is a Sanskrit word, stands for knowledge, by the way. So Vedic knowledge. Yeah, so that is the lineage that uh, that I've been learning from. Yeah, so what is spiritual intelligence? And where do these different lineages uh, really come together? When Faith and I talk about it, where can we so easily find each other? It's really about getting beyond the ego, eh? ego identification. 
who am I, what role am I to hold, but also who are you? It's, it's identification that in spirit, on the spiritual level gets extended, gets expanded. So it's dropping the ego. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And ego is that which tends to separate us according to every religious tradition. So when I'm deeply involved with my personal identity of me, then I tend to feel separate from others, you know, uh, and that can that can come across in any kind of diversity. You know, I'm white, you're black, you're Catholic, I'm Jewish, you know, all these ways in which I'm separate. And the more separate we are, the smaller I, our identity. So what spirituality, I think, tends to do is expand awareness. It doesn't matter what tradition you're in or if you're atheist. If you're interested in personal growth through the form of awareness of the world, awareness of self, of other, of community, of the globe, including nature, spiritual intelligence develops awareness and begins to break down the boundary between myself and other. Uh, so it also increases empathetic connectedness. Would you say this awareness creates a sense of oneness then? Because the, the boundaries and the borders aren't so obvious when the ego dissolves somewhat. Yeah, you, that's, that's also a great way uh, to say that. That it's creating, it's like immersing into the oneness of uh, things. And, and and in that underlining one thing that you just said, Faith, about breaking down the or the extended awareness you were talking about. Uh, if you look at those intelligences, emotional, social, and relationship systems intelligence, that has still has a very much a human focus. It's focused on human beings and how how we create actually more and more oneness oneness as humans. But like you said in your example, in the context of spirituality, it goes beyond human beings. It includes nature also. It's like whatever the world consists of is something that you can feel a oneness in. I'm looking outside my room now, right now. I see the palm trees waving and, and, and that is something that I can connect with on a spiritual level with a sense of wonder and awe. So it's beyond human beings. Well said. I really like that distinction. And if you think of all of the intelligence that we teach in Orsk, we do, of course, begin with emotional intelligence, all the system of myself, and uh, getting to know that and integrating those aspects of self, appreciating them. Then there is appreciating the one-to-one -one relationship, uh, dyadic, the, you know, my husband, my child, whatever, my business partner. And that expands my awareness. Then with relationship systems intelligence, I can feel and experience the system of the team or my community or even my nation. And then as we expand further out, now suddenly it's not just humans, as, as Judy said. It's the whole globe. Ultimately, it's the cosmos. My expanding a sense of I belong to this. I am part of this. My identity is this. And that which we identify with, we take care of. You know, Martin Buber says, you know, I and thou, what I love, I will care for. It is not a you anymore separate. It is a thou. It is a sense of the sacred. And what is a thou, what is sacred to me, I will care for naturally. So we'll do a whole lot better job of taking care of the world when we love it deeply. Uh, our backyard, the bug in the 
bathtub, whatever it is. This is fascinating because I don't think spirituality has ever been explained in this way to me. And it seems when you embrace spirituality, it seems to be quite systems inspired. You can't help but but see those systems and that interdependence of all things. Yeah, that's great to add that to that as well. The interdependency, yeah. And it's actually a different way of saying oneness. We're all, uh, and everything is interdependent because one way or the other, we're all that one web uh, that we are connected uh, within the whole world. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, you know, I love that too. Uh, And actually it's what science tells us. So another thing that's important to me is, is for me personally, Science and spirituality should not disagree. (laughs) You know, uh, if there's a dichotomy there, it makes me wonder. But what we know on the atomic level in terms of how atoms, you know, are in relationship, you know, they are interdependent and they attract, they repel, uh, or they're neutral. So they're in relationship and they are all interdependent there. And that goes up every hole on of life. Um, and non-life straight out to the galaxies, which are interdependent, our systems. So spirituality encompasses it all, and Orsk tends to um, be more concerned with human systems. So I guess I'm curious about how embracing spirituality and spiritual intelligence can help us as coaches. Yeah, I think what Faith said already before, you know, in that growth into expanded awareness, stepping into that oneness, uh, really feeling the interdependency, or you know, on a very large scale, we care for what we love, what we feel we belong to. Now, that caring, that deep sense of caring, very essencey sense of caring, is something that helps us as coaches. Actually, we're, you know, we're working with the system right in front of us to deeply, deeply care about that system and actually uh, realize that one way or the other, we are interconnected with that system also, that there are parallel processes uh, going on. It's extremely helpful for us as coaches. Yeah, awareness and also that sense of um, empathy that awareness produces is pretty fundamental to coaching. Um, if we can't empathetically connect with our clients, we don't know the ground of where to work together. And Judy, I think you mentioned last time we talked too, is, is that it's a natural gateway. A spiritual intelligence with its awareness and its compassion is a natural gateway to world work along the lines that we care for that, we take care of that which we care for. So Orsk is all about world work. How can I understand, connect, and care for not just myself and my clients, but moving that out to my teams, who are also my clients, but my community, nation, globe. So it's a natural doorway to world work and to empathetically understanding uh, the needs of our clients. Yeah, I'm also... Uh, you remind me, Faith, of what's the whole intention uh, underneath Orsk. Eh? It, it is to expand awareness. And so this is just one hold on up eh? to extend our awareness even further out and caring for, feeling the oneness, really uh, feeding a sen- sense of compassion, but also seeing the beauty, the natural beauty of systems, I think is also very helpful. It's one of our principles. Eh? Uh, systems are naturally created 
creative, intelligent, emergent, uh, but really feeling that on an essence level, beyond having it as a, as a mental concept, uh, is actually an application of spiritual intelligence the way we hold it. And I, I think you know, I think we get there naturally in terms of how that develops. You know, I think in some ways Orsk maps out some of adult developmental psychology, as it were, in terms of how we evolve as human beings. And so the first thing we learn about in Orsk, or we learn about all along the way, is is the me systems, e- emotional intelligence. What's going on in my system? And then what's going on, uh, dyadics, you know, teams, the we's, and so on. But ultimately, that sense of expansion is a normal evolution of human beings, I believe. You don't have to do something to develop it, although one can do something one has to practice in the same way you practice or tools to learn to be facile with it. But I think the natural evolution of human beings is that sense of, of oneness, of empathetic connectedness and interdependence with everything. And it evolves as a natural outcome, as the next step uh, for people who love Orsk, who, for people who love systems. It's amazing because these two, these two paths seem so inextricably interwoven. You can't really separate it. Now you're having this conversation with me. It seems that Orsk and spirituality, it's hard to sort of tell one from the other. Does that ring true? Yes, but it's a secret. <laughs> you know, I think we've been we've been in the closet about spiritual intelligence because for obvious reasons, you know, it doesn't play well in the corporate world, at least not not in that term. <laughs> what do you think, Judy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in a way it's a well-known secret. If you if you think of the, the tools that we use the world channel also for, think of quantum flirts. Where does it come from? Yes. You know, that that is extended awareness that goes be, beyond, you know, the level of human beings. And uh, so it's integrated. Yeah, we don't underline it so much. And uh, Faith, you keep using the word natural evolution. I, I love that. It's like the natural evolution, next step for Orsk to start underlining that, maybe even more. I also want to underline, Faith, you said, because it's natural, we don't need to work hard for it. It's not like, okay, that's the next degree I need to sign up for. You know, there is hard work involved, but it's not, it's like natural. It's a natural evolution for, uh, for humanity. If you're open to it and if you have, if your heart opens to a natural connection to whatever is. Yeah. And, you know, again, I want to underline, I know many people who are agnostics or atheists. They don't believe in a religion for them, but they are highly spiritual people. They are interested in um, a better world. They are interested in evolving as a person. And uh, they don't choose, a, a, you know, a religion is a particular spiritual path. But I think Judy and I were talking ye- yesterday about the fact that um, there are many paths up the mountain to human development and spiritual development. And some people have an affinity for a particular religion. Other people don't at all, but they find it in nature or, you know, in meditation, which isn't necessarily religious at all. They have practices, and practices are helpful. Uh, again, that's like practicing an Orsk tool. And those practices vary enormously. 
And Judy, I'd love to hear about some of the things you do and happy to share some of mine. Like how to harness that spiritual intelligence and eh? how to, how <laughs> sort of what to, what to do around it. And uh, well, for me, it's, it's like the balance between, well, both sides. One are these practices and I do daily meditations to really reconnect with myself to begin with. Uh, and then through that with the larger whole, also to quiet my mind. I think if we said, you know, spiritual intelligence lives in the arena uh, somewhere beyond ego and smaller identification, within that smaller identification, my mind has so many thoughts, keeps thinking about stuff. You know, it has likes, it has dislikes, it has opinions, it has all kinds of things going on here. And so that's what I mean when I say meditation is helpful to connect to self, to ease, to ease the mind. I do that on a daily basis. I have breathing techniques, which is another way to uh, really tap into a deep source uh, of, of energy. And let me say one more thing, because I have more practices, but I, I, I started out by saying it's, it's sort of the balance between those practices, like the consensus reality of it, but also like in my tradition, the Vedic wisdom, almost like life wisdom, how to live life. It, it felt for me when I stepped into onto this path, like I was finding the truth, not about what's right and what's wrong, but sort of the essential truth underneath everything. So I do a lot of reading as well. But Faith, what are your practices? <laughs> well, I, I think what my practices and yours have in common is anything that increases my awareness of, and particularly my awareness of the present, the here and now rather than living in my past, something that happened to me yesterday or something that's going to happen tomorrow that I'm worried about. Just having, a, you know, I, I think uh, spiritual practices freak people out because they, I don't know, they think they have to go sit on a cushion and hum all or something. And by all means, sit on a cushion and hum all if, if that helps you be present, more still in the mind and reflective about yourself and the world. Anything that slows you down, it does not have to be a formal practice. I know people who uh, get their their mind uh, expansion through running, you know, very active or skiing or being in nature. So whatever slows you down and brings you present out of your mind, so to speak, out of the thinking mind so much and present to the beauty that is there in the moment. It's a spiritual practice in my book. So we have preferences for what works best with our nature, but does it wake you up, uh, make you self-aware, and does it bring you present? That does it for me. <laughs> and that feels essential in many ways as systems coaches and leaders because, and I, um, I meditate regularly and sometimes my mind is so busy, so busy. And I think an awareness of that is so helpful because then I'm aware of what's going on in system of me and I can counter that getting in the way of me connecting with my husband or my clients. Yes. And it's interesting that that awareness in itself can actually then help us to expand our awareness to those other systems. Because often we're going around and we're not even aware that we're being distracted by our own minds. 
You bet. It, it's very hard to be present when you're designing a, a course, I find. <laughs> Except to be present with the course. I'm very present with the course. But that distracted mind feeling doesn't allow us to absorb the gifts. Judy and I were talking about the gifts of, well, frankly, of beauty and, you know, beauty. I I feel that when I sit outside and have a cup of coffee, I may not be formally meditating, but I'm experiencing the sunlight through the leaves, the bird on my lawn, you know, uh, laughter down the street. I, I'm There's so much beauty that would feed us if we would slow down and be present. So that's like the big why underneath, looking in this direction, eh? raising or, or increasing the ability to uh, to see beauty actually in everything. Faith, you and I, we also talked about, it's not like all of a sudden there are no problems anymore. Everything is beautiful. You know, it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with the, the word naive comes to me right now. It, it's not like that. Life comes with ups and downs. Uh, we have our challenges, but how to be with those? It's almost like a meta skill, right? The meta skill of spirituality and putting whatever challenge is there in the middle. Again, there's expansion happening. Spiritual intelligence increases your capacity to also be and work with difficult issues in life. Yeah, it's both, isn't it? Yeah. Because that expanded awareness and the slowed down to be present and aware of what's happening, just as Judy says, it's not just the, the light through the trees. It's also the anguish of somebody who is in, uh, who was very sick, who is standing in front of you, or the pain of uh, what's happening in a war or poverty. If anything, you're tenderized by that awareness and that openness to things, you're less protected. So I would say it intensifies everything, the beauty, thank heavens, because it also intensifies the empathetic pain for what is happening around us, which is what inspires our world work. And in Buddhism, they talk about something called prajna, which is awareness, just being able to see the things around you, be aware of them. But you also need upaya, which is how to work with it. What are, what's the skillful means that you need to work with that which you are perceptive of? And Orsk, of course, has a lot of tools for how to work with conflict, with misalignment, you know, all of those things. Uh, we need awareness, and then we need skillful means. I have a quote on my wall over here that says, obstacles do not block the path, they are the path. <laughs> it seems to me that spirituality helps us to dance with emergence, and almost get ourselves out of our own way because I think our presumptions and our stories and our expectations can sometimes block the actual path in front of us. I love that. That's sort of like uh, also the other thing that we talk about, which is lion's roar or the confidence that whatever arises is just the beginning or disturbances ally, you know. And I, I think once we are aware, we need to have the tools and increasingly, I think a, a certain sense of peace comes in the trust that uh, this is just the beginning of something happening. And uh, that thing that is right in front of us, if we'll just be present for it, not try to change it, Judy. You know, you and I talked about that. It's not about, I accept this, I reject that, I'll do this, I won't do that. It's about opening to this is how it is. And what? how can I be most in right relationship with what is at the moment? 
Would you say it helps you to hold sort of neutrality then in the face of adversity? Great question. Yeah. I'm looking out at my palm tree <laughs> to uh, uh, to see if there's any wisdom there. It's it's a beautiful question. I I don't think as and and I'm just giving you what comes up to me personally right now. I don't feel more neutral ever since I started walking the spiritual path. I actually feel an even stronger sense of engagement to whatever happens. However, in a way. The way I relate to it feels more neutral in the sense that I'm less judgmental. Uh, This is wrong. Why me? Why such? And why so? It should have been. (laughs) Um, But more like trusting the creative force of the universe. And uh, so it's almost like a shift in metascale because of which I can be with it in a more effective way. So... Not really neutral. It's a yes and, maybe. I don't know what comes up for you, Faith. Again, it's a fabulous question. It brings, I'm not sure, again, that neutrality is the right word. It brings more understanding that this is what is in front of me, rather than fighting it. This is what, you know, I have cancer. Somebody else lost their money, you know. Those are facts, you know, consensus reality, things that happen. But I do understand that um, fighting with it, what is, isn't going to help me. Uh, accepting, rejecting all my neurotic, you know, uh, getting triggered, whatever. That isn't going to, that, that isn't accepting of what is there. The acceptance is, this is what is. This is what's happening. Then I, if anything, my heart may be even more inflamed with compassion or grief that this is how it is, that you know, that the bird hit the window and is dying, you know, that uh, once again, uh, you know, the next piece of news about how the environment is failing brings, if any, that's what is right now, and it brings great grief. And more, if anything, more heart to want to do whatever I can to help. So there's more acceptance of what is without pretending it isn't there. Uh, but more brokenheartedness about it too. So sometimes I think I'm more brokenhearted, more uh, more feeling, what can I do about this? Because it's standing there in front of me. So I'd say it's both. It's a it's a colon. There's both more acceptance and less. Yeah. I, I may add to your the word acceptance that you bring in here, accepting what is instead of what, fighting it. It's like an active acceptance. It's not like tolerating, but like active in the sense of, okay, you know, I can't change it. It's here. Uh, nobody can change the past. Nobody can change the current moment. To slow down and be with what is here and accept it in in an active way, like it really is what it is. Now what? What what can I do? How, what do I want to do? I feel that very strong strongly as well. I love that that it's an a active acceptance rather than a passive acceptance. It's never well, whatever. I'm not going to look at it. You know, it's yeah. like too icky. It really is. You it goes straight in because you have less defenses. And then what's next is the discernment that we have to figure out. What is next? What is mine to do here, if anything? It seems to work with that relational aspect then, because of course the event doesn't change and your responses or your reactions rather are there, but maybe it gives you more agency, would you say, in terms of how you relate then to that over time? Yeah. How to relate to that 
shows up very differently in an expanded level of awareness than from a contracted level of awareness. If I may sort of blurt in a moment what comes uh, through me right now, it's it's not like uh, if you're active on the spiritual path that you're like uh, world angels solving all the problems in the world because you sort of understand everything and and feel connected and love for everything. I don't know. I just wanted to name that. That uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Boy, because thank you. If I if I remember if I remember the first course I took in this lineage, the teacher she asked every one of us. There was a group of sixty people. This was in India, and she asked every one of us, "Why are you here?" And my I didn't even have to think about the answer. It was, "I'm here for peace of mind." I'm here for peace of mind. My mind is driving me crazy. <laughs> I tried everything to quiet it, <laughs> but it's getting in my way. Katie, you said it before, sort of getting yourself out of the way, different ways. For me, it was at that mo moment in time, peace of mind. And so stepping on uh, the spiritual path for me offered me handholds and ways and practices and truth to develop that, but first and foremost for myself. In the beginning, my world work was very small. It was just about me and, and my peace of mind. I love that, Judy. Thank you. Yeah, because I think the, the, it would bring me the most horror if people were to suddenly think that you become saint-like. You know, I am just as irritable as I ever have been. I'm just more aware of it, which makes it sometimes worse, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for naming that, both of you, because I, I did a retreat before Christmas, which was very powerful. And I think there's this sense that you'll come back and life will be so sparkly and wonderful, but you just start to see all of the cracks a little bit more clearly, both in yourself and then in the systems around you. And that awareness can be quite hard, actually, initially to sort of, be aware of and um it's not always an easy path is it it's it's actually sometimes more challenging to take this direction yeah because when you have more awareness you see how messed up you are <laughs> uh, you know you see your reactions more you see you see other people's reactions more uh, yes you're more aware yes you know and it you feel all the things that you feel at the same time, but you're aware of them. So you have a little more choice, yeah. a little yeah. more choice uh, in how I'm going to respond. And that's also what Orse does. It gives us a little more choice about how to handle a situation. So um, awareness is double-sided as a sword. It makes you more acutely aware of your own ego, and it, it's not interested in developing that, you know. <laughs> Which means it's a constant insult to the, you know, aspects of your ego. Um, so it's not always a picnic and it's certainly not making you angelic. Just a maybe a little more skillful. <laughs> the the tool of triggering comes up for me now as well. We get uh, so often triggered. Yeah, from a place of spiritual intelligence, I think we have just a little bit more choice that if we notice that we are triggered, how to be with that. I think that's such an important point, Judy, around that little bit of choice. After this retreat, I think I was hoping to be transformed. And I think many people go into these practices looking for some kind of radical transformation. And it really is, well, at least for me, it was the one degree tiller shift. It was really tiny. 
and it was maybe a microsecond where I'm able to sort of hold back what I'm going to say as opposed to saying it. Have you both noticed this sort of one degree tiller shift over your, your practices and your lives now? Yeah, I agree. I've had so many times I've also come back from retreats thinking I finally got it, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, you're you know, child leaves your clothes on the bathroom floor and you lose your stuff, you know what I mean? You just lose it. And it's like, what? And and I had to go through years of humiliation of just how undeveloped I was in this area. And uh, it's a slow path. Spiritual intelligence, like any other kind, is a slow path, that one degree teller change. I just want to say one thing that they say in Buddhism that I'm finally beginning to understand, which is, that in the beginning, nothing happens. You know, you're sitting on a cushion. It's all you just feel as nuts as ever. Uh, in the middle, nothing stays. You go to a retreat. You have all these beautiful insights. The next week, you know, you're fighting with your spouse. It's like nothing stays. And in the end, nothing goes in the sense of you can begin to see all obstacles, things that happen to you and with you as an opportunity to practice lion's roar, as an opportunity to wake up further and work with your own ego. Yeah. Well, Faith, that's probably why why we talk already about it for years between each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need a long time. The word way of life came to me. It's like it, it's not like, okay, you know, let's tick the box and put this accreditation in my pocket. But it's uh, it's a natural evolution for humanity comes a way of life. And it's you know, again, 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 in Sanskrit to say puna, puna, punaha, every time again and again. So one of my practices is that I go to a silent retreat twice a year, every spring and every fall. And every spring and every fall, like both of you, I come out and I think, well, uh, now I've cleaned up all my mess. <laughs> and then, you know, Life continues and stuff, uh, you know, builds up again. And in a half year's time, I'm I'm longing. It's not I have to go. I want to go. Yes. Again, again, again and again. Yeah. It makes me think of my friend is a, a monk and he spent many years in ashrams. He said that he had this master meditation teacher and um, everyone was always surprised when they learned that this teacher was also on antidepressants. His point was that it doesn't just go away just because you're somewhat enlightened. And I think many of us come to spirituality to try and get rid of the stuff. And actually the stuff becomes clearer in some ways. And um, that'll be different for different people. But that's such a lovely example of actually, we're not running away from anything. We're running into it. Yeah, <laughs> that's really well said. That's really well said. The, the, the stuff is the path, as Judy said. I think you've both touched on this throughout this podcast, but I'm curious to find out how this has benefited you personally and professionally. Yeah, I think I, I have mentioned already something. It, it gave me peace of more peace of mind. Uh, anyway, it gave me tools for recovery when my mind was not at peace. On a very personal level, it was the one thing that happened to me because of which I could drop the past you know, leave behind and just take it as a happening 
But without all the strong emotional experience, my storytelling around it, without a drama, it's still there, but without a drama. And that allowed me to move forward and being available for why I'm here and the work I have to do here. So that is, for me, it felt like a lifesaver. I love the less drama, Judy. I think that is so true. There is less drama in my life around things that are happening, uh, much less uh, narratives about who did what to whom with or to me or to what, you know, whatever. It's just like I'm more present and I also am less lonely. I don't feel um, as cut off from, I don't feel cut off from hardly any person unless they're irritating me in the moment, you know, and then it's brief. But I feel connected ever more broadly to nature, to any difference that I see around me, whether language or skin color or gender or whatever. I'm more curious and present and open. And so I belong better in my world. And I'm happier with the circumstance of the moment, which is very important when you have cancer. I'm not thinking about dying. I'm thinking about being alive, <laughs> you know, because living is vivid, because I'm present, slowed down, and open. So it's brought me huge gifts, and I I would love for others to have what gifts they find there. Yeah, and that slowing down that you refer to often, faith, is uh, something that I think it offered me professionally as well. The ability to slow down and be with what is. Especially in working with systems, I realize that in myself much more than in, in, uh, as an individual coach. Uh, but in working with systems, so many things happening. As I'm saying this, you know, I'm noticing my breathing becoming high and a little bit anxious, like I need to fix here something, do something. But really, the ability to hold more and more of whatever is happening in front of you and slowing down and be with it, unfolding I think that was something I gained very much as a professional on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also yesterday, Judy, we talked about how part of what it's given us is it gives us the, the ability to see the beauty as well as the problems in someone. And so in a way, as a coach, we can reflect back the beauty that we see in, in clients and teams. And I've never worked successfully with a team I reflected back my dislike for, <laughs> you know, and, and I've had them. But I dislike a team, I cannot reflect their beauty back to them. But when I can see their shining qualities, their beauty, I can mirror that back. And that raises the whole level. They see it in themselves. So everybody's level gets raised in terms of positive self-awareness. Wow. So would you say then by connecting to the oneness or the interdependence of all things that we recalibrate the negative bias in the brain? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think there's also a lot of research in the meantime that meditation practices really have a direct impact on all kinds of wiring of the brain. And it brings out more positivity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing I just want to underline what you said before, Judy, about, and this is also something that you, you just are, it's not something necessarily you have to find. And I think 
many of us, including myself, come at this sometimes really consensus reality, like I've got to meditate for 45 minutes every day, otherwise I'm a bad person. And you realise that it, it's much more of a, a way of living, as you said, because you can also just take that one mindful breath when you're standing in line at the grocery store. And I, I think sometimes those sort of ideas of I have to do this and then I'll become that spiritual person get in the way of the path. That's well said and well noted how an easy breath in line for the, uh, you know, in the supermarket is is an, an expression as well. Absolutely. You bet. Because I think as we evolve spiritually, we become more open to the grace of knowing in a moment what to do. So that it's, I often wonder, how did I, how did it come to me when I'm standing in a line and I'm irritated that I could just take a breath and relax? How did I remember that? It, you know, it's a, it's kind of a form of grace. It's part of its habit and practice, but there's also you're more open to the grace of the moment of trying to find that, and and that's that's magic. And one other thing that comes to me, if I may add, it, this is age unrelated, I would say. Apologies, Faith, but we are both of us are not uh, the 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 youngest anymore. And <laughs> let's say that we are, uh, you know, in into our sixties and and beyond. And and I don't feel that it is. It, it's like you know, as if you're walking the stairs. You start with emotional intelligence, working on self, social intelligence, etc. And then, you know, in your 40s, 50s, you get to <laughs> be conscious and intentional in relationships. And by the time uh, you're going to retire, there's space for spiritual intelligence. I don't feel like that at all. If I think of my own sons who are like really young, young adults, they are very much on a spiritual path also. Yes. And uh, weave it into their busy lives as they are buying their houses, stepping into their marriages and, you know, uh, being busy in their careers. Very worldly life, but uh, also integrated with uh, spiritual practices. Yes, I completely agree with that. And you need to be where you are in your path in that moment. And it, and it comes naturally. Sometimes if you have, you know, little children and so on, it's, it's not an easy time to meditate. <laughs> but, you know, when you're nursing your baby, you know, just taking a moment to slow down uh, could be it. Find what it is for you in the moment. This is really reassuring as I step into that next life phase of becoming a mother to two. And uh, I was speaking to my mentor about... Even now in pregnancy, I'm struggling to sit for as long as I used to. So I've, I've shortened it to 10 minutes. And there was this sort of disappointment in me that I'm, I'm not who I used to be. But there are also so many other ways to be connected. My body is a fascinating source of wonder right now because it's changing so much. And, and so I think there's something to be said for actually what I think the word you used to do is integrating it into your life. It's not this, oh, I do my spiritual practice and then I'm done. <laughs> now I can do my day. It's the whole day can be your spiritual practice. Yeah. Well said. This has been such a beautiful conversation and I am walking away with a lot. So thank you both for sharing. I know this is the culmination of many, many years of conversations and thank you for letting us in on one of them today. Thank you. Big hugs to Judy and to you. <laughs> and thank you also, uh, Katie, uh, for uh, holding the space uh, for for us, for Faith and myself, to look for words to express something that is actually so close to essence. 
Uh, and we all know that it's not easy to uh, to bring words to it. So thank you for that invitation. And thank you, Faith, uh, in terms of looking for words. You're, <laughs> you are my model. And the last thing, the sentence that I wrote down, the grace of knowing in the moment what to do. Well, uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like in, in Holland, we say tile wisdom. On your kitchen, you know, you have yeah. tile you have the, yeah. Tile wisdom. That's the <laughs> spiritual tile wisdom. Thank you, Faith. Yeah. Uh, Judy, there's one other thing you and I talked about that I think we should share, mm -hmm. and that is there is one practice. If you're working with your teams or your, your clients, whenever you bring in essence, essence is a doorway to your spiritual intelligence. Keep practicing essence, quantum flirts, you know, uh, imagining into the, you know, into what's inside. All of those essence is very close to spiritual intelligence. Well, thank you for dancing in the essence with me today, both of you. This has been such a delight. Take care. A huge thanks to Judy and Faith for that really interesting discussion. Here are my key takeaways. Spirituality builds our awareness. Just as in Orsk, where we teach the three levels of intelligence, spirituality also works to expand our awareness and enables us to see the interdependence of all things as opposed to identifying with our separateness, we start to see ourselves in relationship with everything, and that which we identify with, we take care of. Spirituality is a natural doorway to world work and to empathetically understanding the needs of our clients. The natural evolution of human beings is towards a sense of oneness, of empathetic connectedness and interdependence. And it evolves as a natural next step for people who love Orsk and are interested in systems. Anything that increases our awareness of the present, the here and now, can be considered a spiritual practice. If an activity helps to slow you down and brings you to the present moment, whether that be running, meditating or sitting in nature, it can be considered a spiritual practice as it helps to expand your awareness. Spiritual intelligence increases our awareness not just of the beauty in the world, but also of its challenges too. The spiritual path is not an easy one, yet it provides expanded awareness that helps us to get beyond our ego and connect with ever wider systems in our lives. Essence is a doorway to spiritual intelligence. So whenever you bring an essence into a coaching session, whether that be through quantum flirts or three levels of reality, you're bringing spiritual intelligence into the session. For over 20 years, CRR Global has accompanied leaders, teams and practitioners on their journey to build stronger relationships by focusing on the relationship itself, not only the individuals occupying it. This leads to a community of change makers around the world. Supported by a global network of faculty and partners, we connect, inspire and equip change agents to shift systems one relationship at a time. CRR Global's unshakable belief is that relationship matters, from humanity to nature to the larger whole. For more information, please visit crrglobal.com.